Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influence their careers. My guest today is Joshua Barron, founder of SB Legal in Salt Lake City, Utah. Joshua is a criminal defence lawyer who over the last 12 years has helped hundreds of clients in Utah state and federal courts in numerous immigration and criminal defence cases. On today's show, Joshua tells us about the cases that drove him towards criminal defence. He shares what it was about prosecution that turned him away from the practice and why he finds everything from the clients to the courtroom more interesting as a defence lawyer. So this would have been 2008, beginning of 2008, and um, I started working as a criminal prosecutor for the Salt Lake City Prosecutor's Office on a Monday. And that Friday, um, I did my first jury trial where I was the first chair, like I was in charge of this trial. And um, and I had never done anything like it before. I, I was terrible at it. I was so, so bad. I made, you know, mistake after mistake in the trial. And, um, and, and just the moment of of truth maybe it was the all all was lost moment was during the closing argument the whole case rested on one piece of evidence it was the horizontal gaze nystagmus test which is an eye test that looks for involuntary jerking of the eyes so it's this kind of complicated thing kind of hard to explain to a jury so i'm in closing argument and my whole case rests on that because there's no breath test there's no blood test everything depends on that test and i completely forgot the name of the test i was standing in front of the jury and it just left my brain was this nerves? Was this kind of the, the, the nerves of a young lawyer or, you know, what, what was it just? Yeah. Tell me. I'll, I think I'll so. Be. And I think it was also that um, I had just learned what horizontal gaze nystagmus was the day before, you know, and so right. I was kind of trying to teach something that I was still learning. I hadn't mastered it yet. And so um, so it was this really kind of embarrassing moment where I'm in front of the jury and I'm trying to tell them what what I think they should do in terms of their verdict. And they should trust me. And oh, by the way, I forgot the name of my key piece of evidence. But you remember that I had something to do with eyes. And, and that's why you should convict the defendant in that case. So I mean, maybe it shows how easy it is to be a prosecutor. They quickly came back with a guilty verdict. So I won that case despite everything I had done to lose it. But what what made it kind of a crossroad moment for me was um, almost every job I'd had that was law related up until that moment, I had really just hated every single second of it. I just didn't like any of it. And, um, as soon as that trial started, even though I wasn't good at it yet, it just, it was exciting. It was exhilarating. Um, my mind was completely focused on it. The time disappeared. I was just so excited to do it. And so even though that trial didn't go very smoothly, I was, I was super excited to do my next trial. And, um, and so I don't think I would have found, uh, much fulfillment in doing, you know, transactional work or, uh, you know, all the other types of things that are, are, they're great and they're valid. They're just not for me until I, you know, as soon as I, as that trial started, I knew that, you know, kind of everything changed. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that blows my mind in a way though, because I can't think of a more stressful and unpleasant experience than, than sort of, <laughs> you know, making a ton of mistakes and floundering in this new environment that I'm unfamiliar with uh, to, to sort of be called to go again seems crazy yeah i mean it seems like you know if you can find something that's really unpleasant for everybody else but it's fun and it's play for you like that's magic you know that's that's real value and so you're right like a lot of people don't want to do that kind of trial and they don't want to be embarrassed in front of a jury i mean i've had so many times that you know a cross-examination didn't go the way i wanted it to or you know some key piece of evidence was a surprise or you know it just that's the nature of trial work especially criminal trial work that there's surprises you're going to look foolish at times but um there's just something about you know that that spotlight and that environment that i just i just took to immediately and so 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a bit sad that for the last year we haven't had any trials, but, um, hopefully COVID will end here soon and we'll, we'll start doing trials again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but, so in that case, you're a prosecutor, right? So what was it that kind of led you to decide to, to go the other route and, and, and go in, in the kind of criminal defense route versus the prosecution? Um, I mean, so from the first day that I worked as a prosecutor, the other prosecutors called me a defense lawyer because the offers I made were more generous than they would have. Um, you know, I was much more kind of focused on kind of uh, rehabilitating these people than on punishing them. Um, and again, I don't say that I'm right and they were wrong. It was just a question of inclination. Like those guys should be prosecutors and I should be a defense lawyer. Um, but another case that sort of tipped me over the edge was my last jury trial as a prosecutor. Um, there were like 12 evidence problems with the case. I went to my boss and I said, we should not go forward with this case. We need to dismiss it. Uh, my boss said, nope, go in there and do the trial. And so I was doing the trial and I was thinking, if we win this case, I'm going to be embarrassed, you know? And I was also embarrassed that I had to try to sell the jury on this evidence that I was not sold on myself, you know? So, uh, what in the middle of sort of this super long cross-examination where my witness was just getting torn apart by the opposing attorney and he's a great lawyer, I thought if I'm rooting super hard for the other side, maybe I should be a defense lawyer. And so within a few weeks I had kind of given my notice and, and really committed to doing the defense side thing. Is there like a difference in skill sets there in terms of turning your hand to the defense side? Do you have to kind of think differently or, or are there other different skills? Um, definitely, definitely. So the main trial skill that a prosecutor uses is direct examination because they have to prove the case. And so, um, and direct examination doesn't really happen in the courtroom. Direct examination happens in preparation because you, the witness is friendly and so you can sit them down and tell them all the questions you're going to ask them. And the witness is the star of the show in direct examination. And the main tool that a prosecutor, or excuse me, that a defense lawyer uses in trial is cross-examination. And cross-examination is with a hostile witness who won't talk to you in advance. And so it all happens in the room instead of in prep. And um, it's it's different. And so what, with direct, you can be much more thoughtful and careful and prepared and just kind of it, it always goes the way you want it to if you do enough prep. Um, cross is like a high wire act where you just don't know how it's going to go. And uh, it can be a little bit riskier. And I love that. I love that feeling of, wait, did they really say that? Like, did I hear that right? I love that. And um, and honestly, I'm not as much of a, like my wife is a to-do list, high preparation person, and I'm more of a, let's just do it and see what happens. And so it just lends itself a little bit better to criminal defense. Very cool. And so what was your, not to sort of divert away from the story that we're covering here, but what was your first kind of criminal de defense case like, you know, uh, in contrast to this, uh, this first ever prosecution case? <laughs> I mean, you know, Something that I've learned a million times, but it's still hard for me to understand is that you have to be bad before you're good. And so uh, I had some very embarrassing moments on the defense side. Um, one of my very, very first cases was this um, DUI case. Uh, my client was uh, a, a Mexican gentleman who's living in, in Utah, and um, and we just fought the entire case. He, he did not trust me to do a good job on his case. Um, I was doing my best, but I wasn't very good at it yet. Um, I thought we got him a fair outcome, but it wasn't what he was hoping. Um, anyway, so I one day I had to call him and say, hey, you know, you haven't made your last payment. You owe me $250. And he said, if you want your $250, you got to meet me at this intersection. 
So I was afraid he was going to stab me. So I call, I made my partner come with me. who's this big boxer. He's this huge, intimidating guy. So we go, he's like 15 minutes late. He ends up, he comes up on, on a bicycle with his, he's wearing a button up shirt that's open at the chest, wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. He rides up on this motorcycle. We're standing across the street from a used adult bookstore, which I did not know existed. I don't know who would buy a used adult books book. Anyway, so he comes up on this bicycle and he kind of like throws the $250 to me. Doesn't say a word, just gets back on his bike and rides away. And I needed that $250 so badly at that time in my career that I was willing to <laughs> risk getting stabbed by my client. So no, it's messy. It's hard to learn this stuff. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And so learning, that's kind of what I wanted to kind of move towards wrapping up with is, is kind of what what is it that you learned from these first couple of cases so your first as a prosecutor and I guess now we've mentioned it your first as a uh, as a defense lawyer too like what were the big takeaways for you in this in these kind of early stages do you think other than learning learning the names of the vital evidence <laughs> right <laughs> um what did I learn I I mean I think just just knowing like, okay, this is somewhere that I could spend 10 or 20 years, like I would be okay learning this, you know, um, because um, when I was doing real estate litigation, um, the prospect of spending 10 years getting good at this just made me ill. You know, every day that I was driving, I at the time I had this long commute through this long canyon and sometimes there'd be accidents or snow problems or things that would delay me. And I would be praying for those kinds of delays because I just didn't want to get to my office. I dreaded the work. And, um, yeah. And so like just the idea that like, this is cool, like I like this and I'm willing to be bad at this so that I can get good at it. You know, I, why invest all that time getting good at something that you don't even enjoy? You know, there's got to be some kind of prospect. So honestly, the first probably three years of being a criminal defense lawyer, there's a lot of anxiety. It was not easy. I wasn't good at it yet. Um, but, um, I love it now and I could, I, and I had sort of a glimmer that that was there. Like I didn't know for sure that I would like it once I was good at it, but I think I had kind of an indication that, that this fit my personality and that I would enjoy it. I, I want to, I just, I'm, I'm, again, I'm interested because it's very much the current thing, virtual lawyering, you know, that are kind of socially distanced thing. I get, like you mentioned, trials can't, aren't happening. What is the, how, how is life as a as a defense lawyer in lockdown what does that mean for your sort of practice right now yeah in some ways it's way better because my main job pre-covid was honestly to drive to all these different courts and um so it's nice that i don't just have that transportation cost to get to all to all of my hearings so that's really nice and i i have quite a bit more discretionary time because of that um in terms of being you know a convincing advocate um I mean, there are challenges. Like I have to learn the, just like how, the, the main one that we use is called WebEx. And so I had never used WebEx before. And so I've got to learn how to, you know, sh share my screen and show an exhibit. And I've got to learn how to try to focus on the judge's camera so that when there's another defendant from another case on the, on the you know, that and they're distracting, that I'm not being distracted by that. And I have to think a little bit about like the lighting in my office and what kind of colors will kind of show up on the camera. Like I have to think about like this whole set of things that just weren't a part of the toolkit before. Um, but it's all trying to do the same thing, which is to protect an individual person's rights, to try to personalize them to the judge and the prosecutor. And, um, and to, and, you know, in a lot of ways, just make sure that my clients know that I'm on their side and that I'm going to do my absolute best for them. So, um, 
I, I do think about all those things and I'm trying to learn how to do the, all those things. I don't think I've mastered WebEx yet, but I, I'm a lot closer than I was a year ago. Do you still enjoy the work or are you very much kind of missing that, that courtroom experience? No, I really like it. I mean, honestly, like you said, trial is very stressful. And so it's nice that that's not, a, there's, there's a pro to that. Um, so I miss the kind of high of having a trial go well, but I don't miss the anxiety of preparing for a trial. Um, and so, yeah, there's still really good parts and, uh, we've made progress on some of our cases, but some of our cases are completely stalled and not making any progress. And that can be very frustrating to my clients, but no, I'd say I, I still really enjoy it in this format. And I hope that we keep some of these, um, technological options in a few months when things hopefully get back to normal. But, um, I, I, you know, there's some things that you just can't do as well over video and I'll, I'll be excited to get back into the courtroom to do those. I bet that Joshua isn't the only lawyer out there itching to get back into the courtroom and hopefully when the pandemic is over we'll find a lot of lawyers coming out the other side with a whole host of new skills to help them better represent their clients. Um, So a big thank you to Joshua for sharing his story with us today. If you want to find out more about him and SB Legal, you can find all the links in the show notes over at thatonecase.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with someone you think would also find it interesting. All the details on how to follow and listen are at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time as Andrew Cooper tells us the story of That One Case.